Well, we welcome you to White House First United Methodist Church, and I hope you are not too disappointed with losing that hour of sleep, but we're glad that you have tuned in and praying that we can have a, a wonderful time of worship together as we have this uh, time on our podcast. I uh, do want to uh, begin with a word of prayer, and then we will get started. Lord God, I thank you for today. I thank you for giving us the opportunity to come together. Though we may have a little less sleep right now, you still are with us. And I pray that whenever someone listens to this podcast, that your presence will be felt. And that as we go through this time together, that it will be a meaningful encouragement for us as we go through each day. Lord, we love you, and we thank you, and we pray these things in your Son's precious and holy name. Amen.
So today we are going to continue in the book of Romans chapter 5, but we're going to move down to verses 18 through 21. When I say the word failure, it's a word we don't like to hear. I don't want to be called a failure. I don't want to look at a situation that I've done and it seems like a failure. But sadly, it is a word that we've all had to deal with in one way or another. The biggest question and the biggest focus for us today is how do we handle those failures? Well, going to start with a short illustration from a book titled Illustrations Unlimited about someone that you may not know all of these things. Maybe you have, but I pray that this will be meaningful for you today. And this is titled Failure and Perseverance. When he was seven years old, his family was forced out of their home on a legal technicality, and he had to go to work to help support them. At the age of nine, his mother died. At 22, he lost his job as a store clerk. He went, he wanted to go to law school, but his education wasn't good enough. At 23, he went into debt to become a partner in a small store. At 26, his business partner died, leaving him a huge debt that took years to repay. At 28, after courting a girl for four years, he asked her to marry him. She said no. At 37, on his third try, he was elected to Congress. But two years later, he failed to be re-elected. At 41, his four-year-old son died. At 45, he ran for the Senate and lost. At 47, he failed as the vice presidential candidate. At 49, he ran for the Senate again and lost. At 51, he was elected president of the United States. His name? Abraham Lincoln. Some people just get all the breaks. Pretty powerful and pretty amazing all at the same time. As you think and hear those different listings of what he went through during his life, he had lots of chances to quit, but did he? The answer is no. And last week we spent our time on those first five verses of this chapter. And as we looked at the spiritual attributes all of us are striving to have as believers in Jesus, one of those that we spent some time on was on endurance. Well, today we're going to go a little more in depth on that area in our time together. I'm going to be reading some scriptures that will prayerfully help us deal with our failures and ways to be able to make it through those times 
kind of like Lincoln did in not giving up. So here now, Romans chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. So now the righteous requirements necessary for life are met for everyone through the righteous act of one person. Just as judgment fell on everyone through the failure of one person. Many people were made righteous through the obedience of one person, just as many people were made sinners through the disobedience of one person. The law stepped in to amplify the failure, but where sin increased, grace multiplied even more. The result is that grace will rule through God's righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, just as sin ruled in death. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we say, thanks be to God. The Apostle Paul goes all the way back in this scripture. He goes back to Adam, who we're all a distant relative of. And beginning with Adam, a sinful nature has become a way of life. As much as we may try to conquer it, eventually we're going to fail. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 7, verse 21, So I find that as a rule, when I want to do what is good... Evil is right there with me. Now we hear that scripture and we hear what was talked about earlier from Romans 5 and we may have a thought that it just seems like there's no hope in sight. Might as well bury our head in the sand and give up. But is that what we need to do? Well, my friends, that's the exact message that Satan wants us to believe. He wants to emphasize our failures and give us every reason to wave the white flag and say, I'm done. I quit. Am I right? Question is, should we listen to Satan's lies? Copying from the from a superhero, never fear, Jesus is here. I hope that we understand that truly Jesus is all we need. As we look at this scripture today, in the, we see that Paul is giving connections of the power of one person through one man, Adam, sinfulness began. But notice the connection that he said in regards to that one person's sinfulness and how it led throughout the centuries. Listen to verse 19 again. Many people were made righteous through the obedience of one person, just as many people were made sinners through the disobedience of one person. So who is this one person? It is Jesus. And I pray we get excited about that good news today because truly Jesus is all we need in many regards. Now, notice something else in that next verse, in verse 20. 
says the law stepped in to amplify the failure, but where sin increased, grace multiplied even more. I hope we see again another connection. As this verse said, the law was given so we could see how sinful we are when tried to do alone. But in that sinfulness, we see how much we need a Savior. Many of us have come to that conclusion already. But if there is one that may not have made that necessary step to allow Jesus in their life, to ask Him to be their Savior, know that that invitation is available. want us to hear a passage. Again, we're staying in Romans here. Uh, going over to Romans 3, 23 and 24. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, but all are treated as righteous freely by His grace because of a ransom that was paid by Christ Jesus. And if we move on, listen to these next couple of verses, 25 and 26. Through his faithfulness, God displayed Jesus as the place of sacrifice where mercy is found by means of his blood. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness in passing over sins that happened before during the time of God's patient tolerance. He also did this to demonstrate that he is righteous in the present time and to treat the one who has faith in Jesus as righteous. Some very important words to hear there. Now, back in the Old Testament times when someone would break one of the Ten Commandments or other parts of the law, the necessary aspect a person had to do was sacrifice an animal to God in order to receive forgiveness. But praise be to God, we no longer have to get caught up in animals' blood to receive forgiveness. Years and years were spent doing that, only for the person to go out the next day and do it all over again, and another animal later, they were justified. But God saw fit to do the unthinkable. He saw that in order for this bloodshed of offerings of animals to cease, he had to create the ultimate sacrifice. And that is what we are in right now in this season of Lent, preparation for that grand and glorious time of Easter. But in order to have the Easter celebration and the resurrection, we also have to have the sacrifice that happened on Good Friday. So there is much more to come in regards to that over the next month. Our Lord had to present someone perfect and without blemish to once and for all cleanse people of their sin. And that perfect sacrifice is Jesus. Christ stands in our place having paid the penalty of death for our sin, and he completely satisfies God's demands. His sacrifice brings pardon, deliverance, and freedom. 
Again, many have made that decision. And for some, that decision may have been made many years ago. But for whatever reason, that daily walk with Him has slowed down. That fervor that we used to have for Him has diminished. Our prayer life has changed. Our desire to serve Him has waned. And with that, we're living in that sinfulness because maybe we have cut ties with Him. Maybe we have stopped going to Him asking for help. Maybe we are saying, maybe not in these exact words, but our actions may be showing this by saying, you know, Lord, I can do this alone now. I got it all under control. But let me tell you, folks, if we are in that boat right now, I hope we realize that we do not have it all under control. I said it earlier and say it again. We need a Savior, and His name is Jesus. And if for whatever reason we have walked away from Him, He would love to have you come back, reunited, asking for that help, asking for that love, asking for that forgiveness, asking for that grace to abound in your life, and that peace that passes all understanding will be in us and guarding our hearts on a daily basis. Now, as we hear all of this today, I pray that this is not the case, but there's some that's like, I'll get to that eventually. I've got other things on my plate right now, but eventually I'll make that decision. But I pray we hear something today, and that is to not put that type of decision off because we don't know how long we have on earth. And looking at everything that's been going on lately, I hope we've been reminded that people are not guaranteed the next day. We never had that guarantee before, and we sure don't now. People think that maybe they are invincible. Maybe they feel like they've got many years left, and they'll make that decision to live for our Lord later. But facts are facts. Yeah, you may have that time, but then again, you may not. If we've been putting that decision to ask Jesus as our Savior off, or maybe we have wanted to come back to him after a period of time, but we, for whatever reason, we have just continued to keep him at arm's length. I pray that we realize that there's no time like the present. In no way is this trying to be a scare tactic. It's just stating facts of what is in store for us each day. Again, we may have a lot longer left, and then again, we may not. And to me, a decision to follow our Lord is certainly not something to be put off thinking maybe, just maybe, we have more time. But as we come full circle back to what we began with about failures, no doubt we've had plenty of times of failures, but that does not have to define us. 
I pray that we embrace whatever it is that we're going through by asking the Lord to be on our side. But don't be misled over a misconception that seems to be taught in various circles through the years. The thought for some is that with the Lord on our side, our days of failure are over. That's not the case. We're going to keep on having failures from time to time. Prayerfully, they are nowhere near as frequent as they used to be, but still, we are going to have unmet expectations towards someone. We are going to say things that we shouldn't have said. We are going to do things that we shouldn't have done. That's part of the sinful nature that we have. But as we have seen today, those failures don't have to be the end result of our lives. Jesus gave us an alternative lifestyle that is available for each of us, and that includes freedom from sinfulness and forgiveness. I pray that we can live in the victory that Jesus wants to give us, and we live in that victory from Him and not in defeat. Let us pray. Our gracious Lord, as we come before you today, we acknowledge our failures. We acknowledge those times when we tried to do it alone. We acknowledge those times that we've known what we should have done and we just flat out didn't do it. Forgive us, Lord. Help us to see and sense your calling, your love, and that you will guide us, that you will help us in any decision that needs to be made and that we see the importance of not putting those type of things off, but to make that decision to have you at the forefront from this day forward. And we pray all of these things in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. Thank you.